The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. It is Tuesday, about 1.30 Eastern. Um, Dominique Foxworth joins me as always. We're not going to talk about Monday Night Football, obviously, or what happened to football this weekend before last night. We're just going to talk about last night. Dominique, how are you? I'm good. I mean, it's it's a, it's an uncomfortable situation, obviously, and I um I don't know what to say to people because like lots of people were checking on me, and it's like nothing happened to me, but I, I get it. Like last night was was difficult for a lot of people. Obviously, the most difficult for um for teammates and family of Hamlin and I was talking about this a lot today. And one of the things that I was reminded of is how much time you spend with your teammates and how close you get. And while I only have a couple of like friends that I maintained from my days of playing when I was playing, like I, like we say it's it's like family. It really feels that way because you spend so much time with them and like you go out, you go out with them, you go to work, you're at work with them. When things go wrong on the field, like you suffer with them. When things go well, you celebrate with them. And it really, at those moments that like, and I think the intense pressure that you're under, like it brings you so much closer to someone that you feel like they are lifelong friends, even if you just met them a couple months ago. So, and I think we saw that on display last night from um, how, or Monday night from how players are reacting and responding to uh, the concern that they had for uh, their teammate. I think it was those reactions that kind of just put everyone, well, it just was the emotional catalyst, I think, for all of this in some ways, right? Because um, the hit that DeMar Hamlin took to the chest and just the latest, what we know, just checking with the Bills is, you know, they said he suffered cardiac arrest. Um, he was, his heartbeat was restored on the field. He got CPR. He was transferred to a medical center and he's in critical condition as of this recording. Watching the hit, um, I don't think anyone thought much, frankly. And then for me, it was when they cut to Josh Allen first. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and the, I've just never seen a player look like that. And then Diggs crying and then Tredavious White with his hands behind his head um so many thoughts went through my head one of which was oh my god like this to your point like wow you think about these players and their relationships but that scene drove it home for me more than anything I've ever witnessed or anything any conversation I've ever had and then it also I think really immediately alerted us to the severity of what was happening um Dominique like they were talking about you know, in the immediate aftermath, as everybody was trying to figure out what was going on, there was also a lot of confusion about whether the game would be played. I want to talk to you about that in a second. But I, watching that, I think my first thought was like, I, I, those reactions, I don't know how they could play then. And frankly, in the immediate future, I mean, what were your thoughts like seeing their faces and thinking about, wow, these guys are going to ha- they're going to play at some so- point? When we came back from commercial and we saw Josh Allen with his hands over his nose and mouth, uh, kind of like he had seen a ghost, 
he just was seemed like I feel like saying shocked or stunned doesn't like do yeah. the look justice. And I imagine everybody who's listening to this has probably already seen it. And Stefan Diggs had tears streaming down his face. My mind went to the worst possible place immediately. Because, and you've been around football long enough, and we've seen bad things happen before, and no one responds like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, even if there are, if somebody is crying, it's a, a player, it's the player who is injured because he won't be able to come back, and it's like his ACL is torn, and his season is lost. That's the one person crying. Everyone else is patting him on the back, like, come on, you can do it, and like, pray it. Even if I, I've been a, a part of games where players have been paralyzed. Even in those situations, we it's something that's within the realm of possibility when you show up there so you're not like completely knocked off balance by it. So you you pray, you take you take a knee, you pray, you put your hand head down and and you gather around your teammates stuff like that, but those guys were like roaming around the field, like holding each other and like just they didn't quite know what to do and the looks on their faces. So that's where my head went initially. It was like the worst possible thing could happen. And then it's the wait for them to, to cancel the game because I was on the phone with some some coworkers and colleagues back and forth and I was like, This is gonna be canceled and their pushback was like, Oh no, this is football. And they try to tell me stories of how uh, stories that I told them about practice where somebody get hurt or something else happens and we just keep it going. I'm like, no, this is different. (laughs) This feels different. And I, I at no point did I think they were going to actually play. I remember watching the coaches talk and thinking the hell the coach is talking about this, this decision need to come from on high. Like this is, this is some, and I didn't have any information about what had happened. Like I mentioned, my mind went to the worst possible place, and yeah, so it, it came down eventually. I, I don't know. I'm not one who's. Uh, I think we all had emotional reactions, and people went to the internet to voice their disgust and have some sort of outlet. You grieve how you grieve. You deal with surprise how you deal with. If that makes you feel better, it's fine. But generally, like they didn't cancel it fast enough. Like I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Like, yeah, there's a lot, the speed at which you cancel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's like a lot of, there's kind of lack of clarity about exactly what was going on to, um, you know, in the moment Joe Buck was talking about how the players were told they had five minutes to warm up and get back on the field. And this was, people were very mad about this correctly, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Troy Vincent, who's the, who's like the head of football operations, I think his title is, or am I I think for the, the NFL said in a call last night, oh, that never happened. Joe Buck said today that someone in the NFL told John Perry that was how it happened. I, you know, I, I, I understand why, first of all, it's the NFL. There should never be, suspicion is always the right immediate reaction, skepticism, <laughs> you know, over yeah. the concern for players and whatnot. But like, I also felt like, to your point, I was on the internet last night just refreshing, just looking for news, refreshing. Every little inkling that came out, oh, you know, they got CPR. They're waiting for the mom to get in the ambulance. I was just looking for those gloms. But it also felt like, to your point, you know, people wanted to be mad at someone and something, and I, I understand that. Um, and I think that that's sort of where that anger – I mean, shoot, you know, like the most discussed 
topic outside of the actual injury was a very poorly worded Skip Bayless tweet. I think that's just yeah. a reflection of, you know, the desire to do something like, oh, God. Like, yeah. And then the desire, by the way, was also went into good things. Like people found the charity he had set up for right. kids and millions of dollars are going into that. People just want to do something yeah. rather than just simply stare at the thing because the thing is so scary and i think that's kind of everyone's almost sort of still in that process right now of just like well what do we do what do we say what do we think what do we who can we be mad at what can we help how can we do anything when the reality is there's not much that can be done it's it when things like this happen you sit and wait um you said today i i didn't know that you were on the field for uh the kevin everett game i i guess i just wanted to ask you, you that experience was that different in your mind yeah it's like i think it's as close as anyone can be to this but still incredibly different like it's not even it's not in the same field to me and my guess is the five minute thing is because i i imagine we had the same situation yeah is uh that's the protocol I doubt that anyone was like, hey, y'all got five minutes to play. Uh, my assumption is like, all right, somebody when there's told a long him, stoppage. This is the yeah, somebody's like, this is the protocol. When there's a long yeah. stoppage in play, like there's a weather incident, if there's an injury, it's like, all right, you got five minutes to warm back up and get back on the field. And my, my guess is that Troy Vincent uh, or Roger Goodell did not call in and say, tell him five minutes yeah. and the show must go on. So that aside, I don't remember if we got five minutes to warm back up, probably, but he wasn't my teammate. That had something to do with it. And paralyzation while playing, uh, or not even just paralyzation, being carted off in that way, even if for precautionary reasons, isn't commonplace. But you've seen it. Yeah, and I, I'd been, I had a college teammate who had been carted off from a practice and he ended up being fine um adam telefero was one of my friends from um from penn state football camp he ended up going to penn state and i went to maryland and he was paralyzed in the game that i was watching and like we had seen videos like it's something that happens enough that everyone remembers at time like shazier it was recent like we all remember times when it happens so when it happens you're kind of not like, you're surprised, you're uncomfortable, but you're kind of not shocked. And you're like, all right, we go back to work. This, though, and I, like, I, I feel like I should offer that story because it feels like it's close to what what's happening now. Yeah. But it doesn't feel close at all to me. You know, it just doesn't feel the same. What they saw or what they experienced, they were doing CPR. Like, I... I don't know that as many wild and crazy things as I've seen and been close to on the field. I'm sure I've told you most of the stories of these things. I've, I've never seen someone's heart stop and them like frantically perform CPR on someone that to me, he, yeah, that that's hard to, and not only frantically perform CPR, but he didn't stand up and walk yeah. off the field afterwards. He the didn't give up. us the, the yeah. obligatory thumbs up. He was 
I hesitate to use. I, he was motionless. I guess is the best way to describe. It. And that's yeah. That's 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 nothing like anything I've experienced. Do you think it's? I don't know how to phrase this. The NFL hasn't said anything about the game. Right. This is you know. My first thought was. I wasn't sure if they were going to cancel it. Then I think something clicked, and I thought, this is actually going to happen, which should happen. And then, again, I just keep going back to watching those players and thinking, like, I've never seen players look like this. They certainly can't play in the moment. I don't know how you you, you watch something like that. I know there's, like, a part of the brain that is that they're very, very good at compartmentalizing. It's, like, a very underrated aspect psychologically of being of doing this sport at a high level but like i do you think that it's too much to ask them to play this week like how do you think that discussion should happen like when you get back on the field what's the i, I, the I don't closest, know the right way yeah, to go about it yeah, what do you nah, think is you, the right way the closest thing i can think of um that i experienced like this was my Second year in the league, we um, had a game on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, and we lost, so we didn't get in the playoffs. We needed to win that game to get in the playoffs. We lost. Darren Williams, my teammate, rookie, the same year I was a rookie, both cornerbacks, he was shot and killed that night after we lost. And I got a call at like 4 in the morning or something and woke me up that he had been shot. I went to the hospital and sat around with my teammates who had uh, white t-shirts drenched in blood. His, his um, mom was, had gotten there from Texas and he was already dead and we didn't know what to do. And we sat around and then the subsequent days we were out of the playoffs. So like we could like take our time and like, Mourn. Yeah. And again, we, I feel bad bringing up Darrant because obviously DeMar Hamlin is not dead. But the shock from that is I could not imagine, and I'm sure we would have if we needed to, I could not have imagined playing a playoff game the next, next week. I couldn't imagine. I just can't. In that moment, and I, I, we probably would have cooked up some bullshit about this is what he would have wanted us to do. Or let's dedicate it to him. We would have done some stupid shit like that and played through because that's what we do. So I know that the players are capable, but I, I don't think it's responsible or fair to ask them to go play after what they, I mean, yeah. this soon after what they experience. And while he's, we don't have a defense. Like, he's in limbo. Yeah. And they yeah. supposed to prepare a game plan? <laughs> We've seen the NFL move heaven and earth during the pandemic, notably, to try to squeeze in these games. This feels cataclysmic. Like, I... This, it's so... It's just so unprecedented and so different. And I, I guess that my 
sense is obviously it's very easy for us to say, well, the player should take the way, but we know that that's not really how this goes, you know, and, and that. Can I ask, can I ask you a question? Do you think anybody should play? That's not a fair question. I'm no, sorry. I was wondering it, about that because I... Yeah, like... Because yeah, the thing about... Okay, so like the players are on the field. They're watching him. Not only do they know him, not only are they wondering the same thing as the rest of us, I think that has to activate parts of your brain that you, you have to quiet to play the sport, right? This acceptance of risk, which I want to I wanna talk to you about. But that's not just for guys on the field. Yeah. Every single NFL player was watching has seen that now by this point, and I don't know what it's like to watch something like that and be like, "All right, now I'm going to shut that part of my brain off again this weekend." Right now, it's crazy to me. I wish that everyone could at least have like a week or something. I don't know what the right answer is. It doesn't yeah. feel like something that's going to happen. I don't know. Um, I feel I'm like I feel pretty certain that the players would be capable of playing. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, outside of the Bills, the Bills maybe not, and the Bengals maybe not. They're on the field. It's possible. I think the other teams would be capable of playing. I guess it's also like while he's in limbo, it just feels I don't know. I like I this is uncharted territory and like i'm i don't know what it's fair to discuss i don't know what it's fair to think but it also like for the nfl to proceed at all like does not feel like it definitely should happen it i'm not saying that it definitely shouldn't happen but to put on any games this weekend feels like or yeah just it just feels I don't know the right word, uncomfortable and, and yeah. like wrong to some degree. Let's take a quick I break. Know. I want to talk about that, um, that sense of discomfort. With Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means whether you win or lose, you're always earning towards perks like free stays at iconic Caesar's properties, game tickets, dining, and more. And if you haven't started yet, here's a reminder. Your first bet is on Caesar's up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code OmahaFull and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. Must be 21 or older, offer valid, and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP licensed through horseshoe Bossier city and horace new orleans michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 
1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467-369. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So you brought up player safety this morning on television, player health, labor, the ongoing, ever, you know, persistent conflict between... Um, the owners and the players on issues of health, and then how we as football viewers think or really don't think about it. I guess I want to ask you what sort of where your mind goes to in bringing that up and how it's received generally when it comes off of an incident like this. I mean, nobody likes it, but (laughs) (laughs) and like uh, I know that you, (laughs) yeah, I'm talking to the right person. Nobody likes to hear some of the things that you feel uh, obligation to um, address. And I feel that obligation for many things, important things. I think that I'm not being, uh, to be fair to everyone in this industry, our job is, I don't want to insult any of us, including myself, but it feels Oftentimes, like, our job is kind of frivolous and inconsequential. Until it's not. And then it feels like it's so important. So particularly when we had, uh, like, the, the aftermath of George Floyd, it was like, there are people who would never be willing to listen to any conversations about injustice football fans, sports fans who aren't seeking out literature on this, who aren't like interested in it in this moment, they're listening. And in this moment they're interested. And like that 
fills me fills me with some sort of energy that's like this is an opportunity like all the other that we talk about <laughs> like is Aaron Rodgers back is Tom Brady gonna do it again is Patrick Mahomes the greatest of all time who's gonna win the MVP none of that matters I know it when I'm talking about it even when it feels important like how's it gonna impact his legacy so we're talking about a player that is most of the time is doing all right and we talk about this is the biggest game of his life and then something like this happens and we're all reminded none of it matters. So I guess that was that. I don't want to waste those opportunities, I guess, is the way that I put it. And so lots of people have been supportive of me. And I guess I should explain to people who haven't been watching ESPN all day um, what I've been doing on a lot of the shows. is like I pivot the conversation. Like I, I, at first, I want to like send the best wishes and have my thoughts with um, DeMar Hamlin's family and with him and the team. And that stuff is like legitimate. But from there, I pivot to all the other players who are suffering as a result of being involved in this game. And this game is different from any of the other major sports, unless you consider like combat sports, like MMA, a major sport. But this game is very different, and the CTE and dementia and the long-term impacts of playing this game is real. We have not solved that. We might never solve that. So when something happens like what happened with Hamlin, is it was so sudden that it impacts us. But I mentioned this is that a guy who was my age that I played with, I didn't, we weren't on the same team, but we played the same position in the league at the same time. His wife called my wife um, about sometime during the summer, a few months ago, because he had barricaded himself in the house with a gun and was like talking about conspiracies and talking wild and saying nobody can come in. But like it was scary. And so me and my wife, like we called all the people we could call. We're up all night trying to help these people out he never had a a moment like this he didn't have a moment like we saw for Tua but I think it's fair to assume that part of what's happening to him is a result of having played this game and I think I can name people that we know who've died and been able to investigate their brains from Dave Dewerson to Mike Webster to John Mackey to Junior Seau like people who we know that this game impacted them their life and their family's life afterwards. So yes, DeMar Hamlin is going to be dramatic and his family are going to have to deal with the aftermath of this for the rest of his life. There are a lot of players like that who are doing that now and players who are in the league now that you like, or you don't even know that will be dealing with this going forward. So I just wanted to use this time because after a normal week of football, nobody wants to hear that. Like Mike, Mike Greenberg's not going to give me my five minutes to go on about labor relation issues uh, on Get Up on a Tuesday after a big Monday night game. And just remind people of that. And the thing that I think really upset people about what I said, or because most of that stuff people can get behind, but then I started talking about the salary cap, which... I know no one wants to hear me talking about money, but 
that's how we measure risk in this country. And you are a former business journalist. You understand that risk and reward should be like level. There's no there's no they should be like the amount of risk you're taking should be commensurate with the amount of reward that's on the other side. It's not true for players because there is no cap. As we were reminded, there is absolutely no cap on the risk that you are taking. And there's definitely a cap on the reward. Salary cap. What you're trying to do is get people to to acknowledge that risk, that it's omnipresent, that never goes away, that the worst possible, not actually the worst possible, you know, but one of the worst things that could happen because of that risk is something we just witnessed. And that makes people in this industry, around this industry, people who watch it very uncomfortable because we people want to enjoy football without acknowledging that, right? You want to write off an incident, whether it's to us concussions or something so horrible like we saw last night as being a one-off and sort of not have it interrupt our enjoyment of the game. But I think it's important to note, you're not saying football shouldn't exist. You're saying this risk exists. And then it has to inflect how we talk about and think about not just the game, players, lives, injuries, rules. We bitch about rules constantly without acknowledging what they're intended to do. And then, as you just said, um, labor, quality of life, the things we don't talk about, barely talk about, you know, when they come up. Um, I think people want those things to, like, exist in separate boxes and they just they want something like this to be a one-off right but what you're saying is that 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 persistence of risk that never goes away because this is not a normal job it is not Mm -hmm. a normal sport it's something that you just we have to like sit with it and live with it and kind of hold it in our hearts not just today but whenever we talk about these things and i think that's just it makes people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's hard to live with that sort of incident with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you summarizing it, and I appreciate you giving me time to talk about it because I don't think that people want to hear it. And um, I do, however, like... I don't know. It's just like it, it's, there's, it's not going to go away. I don't want it to go away. Uh there's an opportunity, I think. I guess this all stems from my experience as like being on executive committee during CBA negotiations and being president, president afterwards. Is I and people get mad at me and say, you negotiated it, deal with it. Negotiations are not a sporting event where you go into a room and with equal sides and you just try to out scheme them. Like people think negotiations is like the <laughs> you see in a movie where somebody like plays hardball or like, ah, I play hardball on you. So I win this negotiations. No negotiations. They, the result happens in that room, but they take place over the course of a long time. It's about building and creating leverage. And so it was difficult during that time in part because the public was not on our side (laughs) and we were in negotiations with, multi-billionaires who were like printing money 
and they were saying, we're not making money. <laughs> and then we would say, that is absurd. And our players would then hear, and it influenced them, they would hear from the outside world, you guys make enough money, you're greedy, hurry up, get back to work. And media members saying the same thing, and that like impacts the, uh, the leverage in the negotiations. So to whatever degree I can change that, and like our players have five years of health care after you retire. You have five years of health care. After that, you're on your own. Figure it out somewhere else. That to me is outrageous. And that's all we could negotiate given the the circumstances and the leverage. So but it's going to get right boring. It's right for you to bring that up because people, we see something like this. And like I said earlier, we everybody wants to do something, right? What, what, what can be done? Well, you can't change the game, although there's efforts to make it safer and change rules and all of that. And you can direct your anger at the NFL for not reacting, you know, in 10 minutes instead of 45 minutes or whatever. You can get mad about a Skip Bayless tweet. All of that is so meaningless compared to what you just said. Like people want to be, they want to channel the emotion that they feel watching this into something. Change that. Yeah. Support the players when they want to be taken care of because they all play, they all enter the game with that risk that what we saw last night, it could happen to any of them. So I'm glad you brought this up because that to me, that strikes me as the best possible outcome for people in terms of the reactions is to actually sit with what happened and, and see something like that as something that should be changed. DeMar Hamlin is in his second year, which means he's not yet a vested player. Uh, you have to get to three years and three games, I believe, to be a vested player, which means that um, he has not qualified for any of the benefits that come with being a NFL former or former NFL player. So the five years of health care that I enjoyed, he don't get that. <laughs> uh, the pension that I will enjoy when when eventually I take it out. He don't get that. His family doesn't get that. Like he is not and that That's an outrage. <laughs> to me it's mind blowing. That <laughs> terrible. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash M-I-N-A. 
That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's... We talked earlier about the players going back to games. I mean, I was just texting with Field about my podcast later this week. I was like, let's hit, let's you know update people on what's happening. And then I guess we're going to preview these games. You're yeah. going to talk about them. You know, we can all live with multiple things in our minds at the same times and hearts, and I don't think, um, I don't think that's impossible. But it's 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 going to be pretty uncomfortable. Um, and it should. I want to, yeah, yes. Like I, that's the thing I I would wanted to focus on a lot this morning is I'm uncomfortable as hell. And I want everyone else to be also like you don't get to point the finger at everyone and say, that's their fault. That's their fault. And then feel good yeah. about yourself. Be uncomfortable, too, with me. Look at the same right. shit that I'm looking at. I just wanted to close by encouraging people. Ty Dunn wrote us, interviewed him last year as a writer um, uh, in Buffalo and um, I was reading the story. It was about, you know, DeMar being from the Pittsburgh area and his dad was incarcerated. So, you know, just growing up, trying to help his mom, working for their business and then wanting to stay close to home. I really encourage and be a difference maker in his community. And then I saw people shared um, like his player page where he talks about how his favorite player was Darrell Revis. And I... Um, it reminded me, so I did a story about Darrell Revis like 2009 or something, or no, 2014. And it reminded me a lot of Revis's story, honestly, um, being, you know, for, with his mom and, and there was just a lot of parallels. And then I saw Darrell tweeting support for him. And I guess that's kind of just, you know, when I see like the donations and all this, I just hope he sees it. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.